Heavenly Father, it is a privilege to be here this morning amongst brothers and sisters in Christ and then to hear our Heavenly Father speak to us through his word. Lord, we pray that we may be listening this morning. May we be able to say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And Lord, we pray that what we hear this morning may be helpful to us as we seek to come before you as children and know our Heavenly Father, the living God. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, have you ever felt the need to have someone represent you to someone else? As a child, I'm sure you did. As I illustrated with the children's talk, our children regularly show that they need somebody to represent them between themselves and another person, particularly if it is a stranger. They want somebody to be in between them representing them. And I even remember this from my own childhood. I remember I grew up as a pastor's son, and I remember going over to church one Sunday morning to the church building, uh, and it was going to be a Sunday school service, a very important uh, service, and I went over for, I can't remember what reason, and I saw that someone had made this massive sign out of um, that sort of what was it, styrofoam, that foam stuff, they painted this massive sign, and it looked really good, and it was lying there on the floor, ready to be put up on the, behind at the front of the church, and I looked at it, and it was marvellous, and I thought, I wonder if you can walk on that. And so I put my foot out and crunch. My foot went right through part of this sign. And this is of the morning that is about to be put up and someone had obviously painstakingly put this thing together and painted over it. I was struck with fear and I ran home crying, ran to my father, explained what I'd done and said, can you please speak to, and I knew who had painted it, Mr. And, and can something be done? I was so upset. And, uh, and I needed a representative. I would not face that person who had painted the sign myself. I needed a representative to go between me and them because I was sure they would be angry, completely angry with me and not be easily pacified at all. Well, this morning we're going to look at a passage of Scripture that talks about representatives. We've come to Hebrews chapter 5 and we've come to chapter 5 verse 1 and in previous verses, in verse 14, 15, and 16 of Hebrews chapter 4, we've seen that the author has been speaking about the importance of a high priest and the high priest that we have as Christians. And so now we come to verse 1 of chapter 5 and we hear something further about what it means to have a high priest. And so I encourage you, if you've got a black church Bible, open it up to page 1186. 1186, open it up to chapter 5, verse 1, which is the verse that we'll be looking at this morning and how we learn about representatives and how high priests are representatives. And that brings me to my first main point this morning. High priests represent humans in matters related to God. My main points are there listed on the back of the church bulletin if you have one there and you can follow along. And my first is again, high priests represent humans in matters related to God. And that is what verse 1 tells us of Hebrews chapter 5. Look at verse 1, it says, Every high priest is selected from among men and is appointed to represent them in matters related to God, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. So how does a high priest represent you to God? Well, he makes, you, he makes God known to you. Through a high priest, you can hear what God's will is for your life. 
So you can actually hear God, and then through a high priest, you can actually communicate from yourself to God as well. You can actually speak to God and make yourself known to God. It is not as though, though, that God does not know you. Of course, God is omniscient. But there is a place for going before God and making known to him what are the troubles in your life and making yourself known to him. And you need a high priest to do that, don't you? Do you need a high priest? Is it necessary to have a high priest represent you to God? Are you really a helpless little child that needs somebody to step in between you and God? Or can't you just march up to God yourself and speak to him without representation? After all, you're a big person. Well, once we understand who God is, and once we understand who we are, we start to really understand we need a representative between us and God. Who is God? He's the holy, all-powerful, just God who rules over the entire universe. He doesn't just rule over Sydney. He doesn't just rule over Australia. He rules over the earth and everything contained in the universe. And you're going to march right up to him? And then when you understand about yourself how sinful you are, that you've actually committed crimes, not just against people around you, but you've sinned against him himself, are you really going to walk up to him when he is who he is, and then you've actually sinned against him, you've hurt him, you've tried to knock him off his throne and take over the world, take over rule of your own life, are you really going to think that you can walk up to him without representation? No, we learn again and again in the Bible that sinners are excluded from God's presence. Because we are sinners and he is holy, we're excluded from him. Even that passage that we just read from Isaiah chapter 59, Isaiah 59 verse 2 says, But your iniquities, that is your sins, have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. He will not hear you because of your sins. And in the Bible we see again and again, sinners excluded from God's presence, even back in the Garden of Eden. What happens after Adam and Eve sin? We read in Genesis chapter 3, verse 24, after he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. Man was excluded from God's presence that was given to them in the Garden of Eden where God actually walked amongst them in the garden. But now they're, because of their sin, they're driven out of the garden and an angel is there with a flaming sword blocking them from actually going back to the garden, to God's presence. And then we see again and again instances with the Israelites where they're excluded from God's presence. Uh, One example is where at Mount Sinai, Moses goes up on the mountain, but is anybody else allowed to go up on the mountain? What does it say in Exodus 19 verse 12? God says to Moses, put limits for the people around the mountain and tell them, be careful that you do not go up the mountain or touch the foot of it. Whoever touches the mountain shall be put to death. You cannot go up into God's presence at the top of that mountain. If you go up there, you will die. You can't just waltz up to God. And then we even know in our own lives, we know the separation that we feel from God. Do you feel that God speaks to you? Does he speak to you clearly? Would you like him to speak more clearly to you? 
Do you feel like you're in his presence on a regular basis? Maybe you do feel that God speaks to you, but do you feel like he speaks to you like we see he's described the way he speaks to Moses? He speaks to him face to face. And when you speak to God, do you feel like you speak easily to him? That he hears you? When you come to prayer, is it easy for you to pray or is it difficult for you to pray? Do you feel like God actually hears you when you speak? Or do you feel that there is a separation between you and God? That it's hard to hear his voice and it's hard for you to make yourself heard to God? I mean, you just go out into much of the community and how many people out there will actually say they don't believe God exists because he's never actually spoken to them at all? They feel that he's never spoken to them and so, of course, he doesn't exist. That's what an atheist claims. If there is a God, he would have spoken to me. But, of course, because he hasn't spoken to me, well, then he doesn't exist. So we must recognise that we can't go into God's presence directly. We need a representative to gain access to God. We need a high priest. And we see here that high priests are those ones who can be representatives for us. And we see that in the Old Testament. High priests are not a new invention. Here an author of Hebrews has come up with a new office of high priest. No, the high priestly office has been around for centuries. We see that with Moses where he implements the high priest's office for the Israelites. We see that he, he says the priest can actually go into where God's presence is in the tabernacle, into the holy of holies. The high priest is actually allowed to go in there and make atonement for the sins of the people, for the Israelites, make intercession for the sinful Israelites. He's able to go into God's presence in the tabernacle and then later on with the temple, he's able to go into the Holy of Holies at the temple. But you may be saying, well, but I'm that sinful and God is that holy. How is it possible for a high priest to actually represent me before God? Surely any representative that goes between me and God will be knocked back by him. Who could be possibly qualified to be a high priest for me? And that's what the rest of verse uh, chapter 5, verse 1, speaks about the qualifications for a high priest as well. And that brings me to my second main point this morning. High priests are human. High priests are human. Did you see that in verse 1 of chapter 5 of Hebrews? Every high priest is selected from among men and is appointed to represent them in matters related to God to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. How do you get somebody to represent you before God? Well, make sure that person is human. And that makes sense. When we want somebody to intercede for us, between us and another human here on this planet, we don't go and get a chimpanzee to represent us. The chimpanzee just can't comprehend our situation and then articulate to the person what it is we are after and then communicate back. We want another human being. And we don't get an angel to intercede for us either. No angel is ever given the office of high priest. Why? Well, we want someone that can relate to us. Just as we know a chimpanzee can't relate to us, because it can't understand, has an angel ever experienced what it is to be a human? To understand our weaknesses, to understand our sinful tendencies, our temptations, and then intercede between us and God? No, we need a human to be our high priest, someone who understands what it is to be human 
and then can go between us and God and communicate to God what it is that's going on in our life, someone who understands us. You may say, oh, but that doesn't answer my question. I've said, I'm a sinful creature. Who can possibly represent me? And now you've said it's a human. I mean, at least you think an angel might be able to go into God's presence because, of course, angels go into God's presence on a regular basis. So an angel could represent me before God. But I'm such a sinful creature. And now you're saying it's a human that has to go. Surely the high priest is not going to be acceptable to God. Well, that's where we see that God appoints high priests to come into his presence. And we see that in verse 1 of chapter 5. It says, Every high priest is selected from among men and is appointed to represent them in matters related to God, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. And that brings me to my third main point this morning. High priests are appointed by God. High priests are appointed by God. To be a high priest, you have to be selected and appointed by God to then be a high priest for other people. You don't take the office on yourself. God has to be ready to give you your high priest an audience. Because we remember, who is God? He is king. He is a king of the whole universe. And when you approach a king, he has to be willing to accept you. And thankfully, God is willing to accept high priests as representatives for sinful human beings. He actually says, this person is going to be a high priest and this person is acceptable to come before me and plead the case of sinful human beings. And so a high priest is not knocked back. A genuine God-appointed high priest is never knocked back from being a representative for God's people, for sinful creatures. But then you may ask, okay, well, God lets the guy in to talk about me, but how do I know that he can make up for me? I mean, I've, every time I've sinned, it's, yeah, it's been like I've been trying to get rid of God. I've been saying, I don't want you in my life. How can he ever pacify a God who is a just God and an angry God against sin? How can he go into God's presence and make up for me? I think that with my father, I think, what could he possibly say to this man that I put a foot through his amazing sign on the morning of the event? What could he possibly say to this guy that would make up for what I've done? How could he pacify this guy's wrath? And when you're a little kid, everything seems enormous. And, and just the, the sin was just overwhelming me. And I was like, I, I can't go to church this morning. I can't face this person because of what I've done. You think, okay, I've got this high priest that's appointed by God, but what can he possibly do? I've got a God-appointed person to intercede for me on my dad, but even dads can fail in making intercession. What could this high priest do to pacify God, to make up for my sin? Well, that brings me to my fourth main point this morning. High priests offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. High priests offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. And we see that in verse 5. Every high priest is selected from among men and is appointed to represent them in matters related to God, 
to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. I don't really like the translation of uh, verse uh, verse 1 there where it just says to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. It could be translated in order that or so that. It's a a little um, word in Greek that means purpose. What is the purpose of a high priest? His purpose is, and it's kind of lost when we just put to, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. The high priest is able to represent you before God because his purpose is to make up for you by offering sacrifices for sins, gifts and sacrifices. Interesting, it has both gifts and sacrifices there. Uh, Some people think that's a distinction between the different types of offerings that could be given to God. If you read Leviticus, there's so many different types there. And of course, there's gifts, which are sort of thanksgiving offerings, peace offerings, free will offerings to God. Um, Some of those are grain offerings. But of course, then there's the, the blood offerings. There's the burnt offerings, the sacrifices of animals. And so it seems like it's saying here the high priest is the one who offers all offerings to God to make you acceptable to him whether it be thanksgiving offerings, whether it be sin offerings, the high priest comes and makes you acceptable to God because he knows what sacrifices to bring. The high priest doesn't go into God's presence empty-handed to make up for you and your relationship with God. He goes in with an offering. He goes in with a sacrifice to make up for the sin that you have done in your life. So we've seen what a high priest is this morning. We've seen a high priest is one who intercedes for us to God. He's our representative. He is from among men. He's appointed by God. And he goes in with sacrifices and offerings to God. The question is, do you have a high priest who fits those requirements? Do you have someone who is willing to represent you in matters related to God? Do you have a high priest who is selected from among men, who is fully human? Do you have a high priest who is appointed by God and meets with God's approval? Do you know that your high priest is acceptable to God, that God appointed him? Do you have someone who is able to offer gifts and sacrifices to God on your behalf? Let me tell you that there's only one person who can be that high priest for you, and that is Jesus. He is the only one who fulfills those criteria. Jesus is a willing representative between you and God. He is happy to go between. He is happy to be one who represents you in matters related to God. He is also fully human. Never forget that. Never deny that. Jesus is fully God, but he's also fully human. He understands you, as we'll see in later weeks, as we look particularly at verse 2 next week. He understands you and can relate to God for you. And then Jesus was also chosen by God, As we'll see in later weeks, it's going to really hammer that home. And Jesus offers the sacrifices that are needed to make you acceptable. In fact, he offers the one sacrifice that does make you acceptable before God. What is that? That's his own life at the cross. And that shows that there is no other high priest that you can have. Because no other high priest can offer their own life for you. Because they have their own sins to deal with. Jesus is the only one who is without sin. And he therefore is the only one who can be that sacrifice that you need for your sins. So if you're not a Christian and you're here this morning, I want you to firstly recognise that you need someone between you and God. And deep down in your heart you must know that. You cannot waltz into God's presence. 
He is a holy God and you are a sinner. How dare you consider, if that is what you're thinking, that you can just go into God's presence and he will hear your prayers. You need an intercessor. You need a representative for you. And that has to be Jesus Christ. I encourage you, if you're not a Christian, you're here this morning. Put your trust in Jesus this morning. Have him. Pray in your heart even now. Represent me, Jesus, before God. Be the sacrifice that I need to make me right with the holy God that I know runs this universe. I encourage you, do that now if you're not a Christian. And if you are a Christian, continue clinging to your high priest Jesus and the sacrifice Jesus makes. Don't consider that somehow you've come of age as a Christian and you no longer need Jesus. That somehow you can now approach God yourself because after all, you're such a good person as a Christian. Continue recognising that you need Jesus Christ to go before God that you need to go in his name before him. And let that be an encouragement to you to go to God. You can swing from one extreme to another. You can swing from the extreme of, I can go up to God without Jesus, to the other extreme, whereas I can't go up to God because I am a sinner and he is a holy God. Go for the middle. Cling to Jesus and recognise that you should be fearful about approaching God without Christ, but that you can approach God because you have Christ that you can go to God in Jesus' name and he hears you. A wonderful way, an illustration of showing this and the power that we have in being in Christ and that we can pray to God is given in this book that I just reviewed to you before. And I'll read another paragraph from it, from uh, Paul Miller's A Praying Life. He says, Imagine that your prayer is a poorly dressed beggar, reeking of alcohol and body odour, stumbling toward the palace of the great king. You have become your prayer. As you shuffle toward the barred gate, the guards stiffen. Your smell has preceded you. You stammer out a message for the great king. I want to see the king. Your words are barely intelligible, but you whisper one final word. Jesus, I come in the name of Jesus. At the name of Jesus, as if by magic, the palace comes alive. The guards snap to attention, bowing low in front of you. Lights come on and the door flies open. You are ushered into the palace and down a long hallway into the throne room of the great king who comes running to you and wraps you in his arms. The name of Jesus gives my prayers royal access. They get through. Jesus isn't just the saviour of my soul. Jesus is also the saviour of my prayers. My prayers come before the throne of God as the prayers of Jesus. Asking in Jesus' name isn't another thing I have to get right so my prayers are perfect. It is one more gift of God because my prayers are so imperfect. I remember someone saying that when we pray, we always pray in the Revised Standard Version. In the Bible, we have different versions, and there's the RSV, the Revised Standard Version. And that's how our prayers go to God, because firstly, they go through a filter. They go through Jesus Christ. And if your prayers, you stumble along, and you've got ums and ahs, and you say dumb things, know that before they get to God the Father, 
Jesus cleans them up. And because of Jesus and his sacrifice, those prayers from a child to the Heavenly Father are acceptable. And he hears them and he often grants them. And so if you know that you have a high priesthood selected from among men, appointed to represent you in matters related to God because he offers gifts and sacrifices for sins, then you can do what I preached on last time from verse 16. What does verse 16 say? Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. I think this verse 1 comes very closely after verse 16 because the two are related. I think they're there together. And it's a shame that chapter 5, someone decided chapter 5 would begin there at verse 1. I think verse 1 follows closely after 16 for a reason. It's so that we have that confidence because we have that high priest who intercedes for us. And so then we are motivated to pray to the God who is our Heavenly Father because we have a representative between us and him. Let us pray to our God now. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we recognise how holy you are, how powerful you are, how just you are, how much you hate sin. And then we look at ourselves and we see that we are indeed sinners. We've sinned against you in thought, word and deed. We've sinned against you every day of our lives. And we'll sin against you every day of our lives until Jesus Christ returns, until we're taken to be with you. Lord, This could overwhelm us, this truth that we know about you and this truth that we know about ourselves. But thankfully you've revealed another truth to us and that is that you have appointed a high priest to be between us and you, to represent us to you in matters relating to you. And he offers the right sacrifices so that we are acceptable. Lord, we pray that this may motivate us to come before you in prayer regularly knowing that our prayers are going to you in the Revised Standard Version and that they are always acceptable before you because of Christ. And Lord, we do pray for anyone here this morning who does not have Jesus Christ as their High Priest. We pray that they may feel overwhelming dread at approaching you without a High Priest. And may they put their trust in Jesus Christ this morning and so they are acceptable to you through Christ and his work at the cross. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.